Talk of the town of Teddy Matthews filling in for Jim Chapman, who's off on vacation this week. And I think uh, Jeff uh, Schlemmer is on holidays this week, so... He's gone for two weeks, still. The player to be named later is uh, Susan Eagle. Welcome to the show. Thank you, and I'm also on holidays, I Are should you? mention. I just <laughs> happen to be in town because of council. Uh, for council, and of course, uh, you were quite prominent there last night. I was reading the paper. Well, we were having uh, some interesting discussions interesting last night. Interesting is a bit of an understatement, I understand. I, we, I guess, uh, and also, I forget to hear Bob Metz is joining us this morning. Welcome Hi, to the program. Nice to see you again. But he's giving me all his time today because he was on all by himself last week. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the uh, the order of business should be about the, uh, the slot machines. We had Gary McRae on talking about the Western Fair Association's side of things. And let's talk about the city's approach right now. Well, um, the the city um, certainly dealt with the with the issue last night of Western Fair. Uh, what we dealt with specifically was their. Um message that they were going to be bringing slot machines into to Western Fair, and we were looking at the rationale that they provided for us, which certainly to my mind suggested that there were some real, really serious economic issues that needed to be addressed with Western Fair. Mm -hmm. um, we dealt only with the slot machines last night as an issue, but out of that discussion, several of us on council are now wondering if some bigger questions need to be asked about the economic viability of Western Fair, what's happening, what's the future of, of racing, what, you know, what, what's happening there. Is there a conflict of interest with council because a few of the members of council are also on the fair board? Well, the council has had people on a number of organizations and, and governance bodies around the city as a way of, of giving support to those bodies. They get financial uh, assistance. Um, we have council members there. They're tied into council. Now, one of the proposals last night by, by Councillor Miller was that perhaps it's time to cut the ties mm -hmm. and let Western Fair stand or fall on its own. I'm not sure I'm in, in that position right now, but I certainly am in a, at a point of asking some questions about what what's happening they messaged us their five pages of economic rationale certainly um, suggested that the sky was falling at least that's how I read it um, that there was a real concern about I think their Gary, future yeah Gary's concern Gary McRae the general manager of the Western Fair Association his concern is that as far as the entertainment is concerned there is so much to choose from and to get a larger slice of the pie I guess this might be an idea of, of bringing in slots, or I, this is this is the first step. I would imagine if 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 the, now Gary says they don't want to get a casino in here, but I think this opens up the possibility eventually of of that. But for the time being, the slots are the biggest issue right now, and then the fact that he feels that uh, it could add to the economy not only for the Western Fair Association but for the City of London with with people coming in and spending their their dollars. Well, I, I want I want to give Robert a chance to jump in here, but just in in response to that, as as Controller Monteith pointed out to us, when you walk into a casino, what is it that you find? You find slot machines. Mm -hmm. um, so if Western Fair brings in a lot of slot machines. How does that really make it anything other than a casino that they have created? 300, there's 300. That, that's the number that's being thrown around, 300 slot machines. Actually, one of our listeners brought up a good point is that she's a blackjack dealer, and if you bring in a slot machine, she doesn't have a job. And and so from her standpoint, she's out of work. And if you bring in these machines, you don't have to worry about... Well, if about that's payment. true, that presumes then that the people who like to play the card games mm -hmm. will all jump to the slot machines. And mm -hmm. I just can't see a card player wanting to play slots. Mm -hmm. It's a different mentality. It's mm -hmm. a whole different game and, and strategy. People who mm -hmm. play poker play against the mm -hmm. other player. 
and uh, it's it's a total different mentality. Where I sit a little confused in this whole issue is is like why is it an issue at all? Um, I don't think the city should be into gambling one way or the other. I think gambling should be left as a private enterprise and should be uh, on a free market, but of course subject to usual you know, zoning regulations and, and situations that don't violate other people's property rights. And, and beyond that, I, I, I don't really understand what the political issue is. Well, this is a good, you've raised a good question because I don't know who's, who's actually at the helm here. Is it the city or is it the province? Well, the, the issue emerged before I was on council, so I can only try and, and, and understand what went on ahead of time. But as you know, and everyone knows, there was a vote um, at, the, at the November election placed there by the city, by city council, asking the community if they wanted to have um, casinos. The history of that, I understand, is that the premier of the province asked municipalities to poll their membership, and he, being a big supporter of referendum, referenda, has encouraged municipal councils to do it that way. Now, I don't think the province expected the result that they got. In fact, I think they thought that where there were organizations and municipalities resisting it, that if referenda were held across the province, that overwhelmingly the population would say, yes, we want uh, casinos, and then the province could move ahead and say to municipal councils, you see, everybody wants casinos. What happened was, disproportionately across the province, uh, when people were given that opportunity to vote in referenda, mm -hmm. they said, no, we don't want a casino. No, no, now, maybe, maybe I came on to council. Let me, let me just finish here. I came on to council after that vote. I personally don't support casinos. But I also came on to council knowing that when a referendum is held, that as an elected person in the community, I have a responsibility to respect that. Otherwise, we are misleading the public by even suggesting that we're going to have one, and we're wasting a lot of taxpayers' money if we hold a referendum and then don't abide by it. I think referenda have to be used very carefully. I don't think everything should go to, to a vote like that. But where a, a council decided last year that they were going to do it, and they did it, and we came on to council after it had happened, mm -hmm. there it is. And I think we have to, to take that very, very seriously. Bob, you want to no, jump in? I, I, I was under the impression that the referendum was specifically about the city establishing a permanent charity casino that would monopolize gambling in the city and mm -hmm. get rid of all the small, smaller um, charities. Mm -hmm. uh, am I correct in that, Susan? Is that basically what well, it was? The province had that's already, what I thought I was voting well, against. Well, the province had already indicated that they were going to get rid of the smaller ones and bring in big casinos. And it was a case of, do you want one in your city or do you want it somewhere else? Mm -hmm. Well, um, see, even as a person who doesn't mind gambling and, and casinos, I would vote against that proposal. So I don't think that the public gave a message that they were against, quote, gambling per se. But I think they gave a message that, you know, don't mess with the charities, don't monopolize the situation, don't, don't you know, hog all the money to yourself and then blow it as governments are usually tending mm -hmm. to do. I mean, um, that's what I thought I was voting against, and I'm glad to hear it. that was the case. Um, I, with the Western Fair, to me, that's well, the logical place to have, have I don't recall the actual sort. wording, whether it said, are you opposed to a charity casino? Actually, uh, that was on the ballot, and I guess I had other things on my mind on the day of the election than, than looking very carefully at the wording. I just knew casinos were on on the ballot. Well, Maybe the you the can ballot recall the actual the wording. The didn't describe the whole, all the technicalities of what actually was being proposed. Um, but the way it was being proposed and the way they just backhandedly got rid of all the private charities, you know, mm -hmm. 
can't let them compete. I thought that was incredible. Well, and remember that was a provincial like decision to do that. Yeah. That was the provincial government that changed the way um, gambling is done and casinos are run. And they made this decision that in order to bring in these big casinos across the province, that they were going to get rid of the smaller ones, partly as an incentive to push municipalities um, to uh, acquiesce to these big casinos. Isn't the whole issue really, though, that the government wants to monopolize this industry because it just looks at it as a cash cow? And, it is. And it's an absolutely monumental cash cow, and I've had MPPs tell me uh, quietly that as far as they're concerned, there is more money there than they're even acknowledging publicly in terms of the kind of money that can come, come in from revenues from gambling. And why don't we see where the money is going to? We keep hearing that well, this money is going to Well, we're also looking things. at where it comes from, and mm -hmm. I think that's an issue for me, working with people in the community, is where there are casinos, where there are, are municipalities, and particularly in the states the where they've tried had the time to really look at them they say it doesn't necessarily help the local economy of a community it does not uh, improve the lifestyle for people there um, it often becomes um, just a way that desperate people lose even more money and also feeds certain addictive behavior and we know that there, that that addictive behavior is there so does it help economic development in a city no it doesn't and so all the people that come say it's going to help us it's going to help us it doesn't but are those are those any of those arguments even relevant to government getting involved if, if those arguments had any validity at all government would not even think about going near gambling period well we're not involved right now robert because the provincial government decided to change all mm -hmm. the rules on what was happening and so well, one the of the motions about. and one of the motions that we dealt with at council last night was to send uh, the other part that i'm not sure it made the paper this morning but the other part was to ask our staff to go and have a conversation with the province and to say to the province we need to know what's happening because even the people who who support casinos and gambling are saying at this point we don't know what the policy is by the province every day something's changing we don't know what's going on they don't seem to have uh, a coherent policy and that's leading to a lot of chaos and confusion for people in the community I want to go back one step to what you were saying about the the studies that that show that well maybe it won't have the impact on on the the economy but I know that in Windsor just from being down there business owners are fighting to get a chunk of the the pie they want to be right beside that casino so i'll bet you you know you could take that study down to windsor but you're still going to get a lot of people fighting over where they want to be positioned they want to be right around the corner from the casino well, they want to be around the corner because when evidently the studies also show that when people come into a casino mm -hmm. and spend their money there that they spend all their money there and they don't go out to the local restaurant to sit and have a coffee and chat with their friends or or go on a shopping spree that and that even the casino is designed in such a way to encourage people to stay there as long as possible and to eat there and I guess in some casinos you can even sleep right there so that that but all your needs are met right on site and around you the local businesses business. uh, go under yeah. Bob I think there still would have to be enough extra marginal business coming out of that or those local businesses wouldn't be that excited to get near the casino mm -hmm. I mean uh, there may be one member of a family who likes to gamble but the wife likes to shop sure um, 
I mean, there's a million scenarios, yeah. and there's a million scenarios of gamblers sure. as well who won't be in the casino all day. I know that if I'm going to Vegas, I'm still going to go back to the Sands because you can still get your two dollar steak uh, down sure. in the you know down in the main restaurant. And there, a lot right? of people. Well, and that's and that's what has to happen in terms of the local businesses in, in order to entice people in. But how much profit is that guy making who's offering you the two dollar steak? Mm -hmm. You know, so I mean, I think they are scrambling the people around the casino to try and entice people. Uh, to come. But overall, the studies show that, that, that it doesn't necessarily help the local community. And in fact, when you take out what the big runners of the casino take out of the community in terms of profit that leave the community altogether, uh, then very often the community is actually at a net loss. This is where I get confused on. This is where I get confused on any of these studies because I'm, I've heard the same thing about the possible new arena. If if the new facility was put downtown, there's been studies showing that people won't uh, frequent uh, the businesses around that area. They'll go to the hockey game or the concert and then they'll go home again. And, well, and that's that's true of a great number of people, mm -hmm. but again, there's a peripheral peripheral number that will not be doing that, and then there'll be another number that won't go near the place when mm -hmm. they know that there's a game on because they mm -hmm. don't want to be caught in the traffic downtown. Uh, just as I know a lot of people now who won't go shopping downtown because of mm -hmm. all the events that are in their way, <laughs> yeah. you know, and yeah. that's a real that's a real concern for a lot mm -hmm. of the merchants down mm -hmm. there. Um, any activity that you put anywhere is there for its own purposes, and it's going to want to take and, and compete with every other activity in the neighborhood, but that's the nature of free enterprise. Every mm -hmm. restaurant in the city is competing with the other restaurant, mm -hmm. and every restaurant then could argue, well, that restaurant's taken away some of my business. And, well, that may be. And Robert and I have had lots of conversations about the fact that when you open something up totally to the free market, that the fit survive and a whole lot of people don't. Well, the economically fit, not, not but you I know, think, and that's how it should be. It would be I, immoral to do it otherwise, wouldn't it? I think it? in this case, we're talking about an obligation that came to us via a referendum that was held in this city. And and imagine the people who, if we said, thank you very much, you voted, and now we're just going to ignore what you said to us. Well, how, how, are, how are you uh, violating that obligation by allowing slots into the Western Fair? That wasn't the, the question put on the previous referenda. The previous referenda was that the city would establish its own casino, mm -hmm. would uh, monopolize it, would close up all, this, all the small charities, and I, I would say no to that immediately. Well, Robert, the other thing that I'm going on is the correspondence that I've had in the last 48 hours uh, since Western Fair announced it. And I've had correspondence coming in steadily from people saying, please do not allow slot machines into into Western Fair. We see that as the same thing as a as a big casino. Let's take it. We're going to come back and we'll talk about the, the big picture too, which is, which is the gambling That's what I'd really issue, like to talk about is, is what's gambling. happening at Western Fair yeah, too. Yeah, we'll talk about that. The just future of racing. We'll, we'll take a break here. And if you'd also like to be a part of the program too, 643-1290, Star 1290, a free call for our can-tell customers. This is Talk of the Town on 1290 CJBK. Talk of the Town. Bob met Susan Eagle in this morning. Or Jeff Schlemmer, who is off on holidays. And good way to spend your holidays, isn't it? <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's go to the phones and we'll talk to Ruth. Good morning, Ruth. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well today. Great. What's on your mind today? Well, I'm the, I'm support Susan Eagle's position. I think she's quite right. The, the impact on the community in terms of gambling is uh, severe and horrific, and uh, that, that it, it has to be watched. Uh, I respect her viewpoint that we've taken a referendum, and uh, we should should abide by it, because uh, the, the gambling, this, these, these one-armed bandits is what they're called, are in all the major casinos, anywhere you go, and if 
uh, they're getting this in by the back door, then we've got to stop it. We took a vote on it, we sh and it should be respected. Do you, do you see any difference between uh, the slot machines or any, uh, any of the casino type of games and bingo? Because we've seen a lot of bingo halls opening up, so we're still yes. talking about gambling. Yes, I see a major, major difference. These things are far, far worse. The studies show that they're highly addictive, that uh, people get so carried away, they, they um, leave their children in their cars, they go in, they, they can't tear themselves away from the machines, and the uh, children and families are neglected. Uh, people lose their houses. They, it's, it's just a horrible disease. So, so is the answer then to make, this, uh, make, make gambling illegal for everyone, even people who don't have these problems, or would, would something more productive be to help these people with problems? Okay. It seems to me that addiction can apply to any activity. I mean, people are addicted to TV, to the internet, to drugs, to booze, to, to gambling, and gambling goes on, the addictive people, believe me, in the privacy of their homes on a, on a regular basis. Uh, I'm aware of people who gamble thousands of dollars at a table, and, and it's, I don't know, is that legal? I don't know. Yeah, I take your point, and uh, I understand what you're saying, but I would answer in reply to that that uh, you have um, already enough opportunities for people to gamble to gamble, why provide any more? And economically speaking, the impact on the community is that 80% of the money that is given in gambling in the local community goes out the tubes, down the road, and away from the community. There is only 10% uh, stays with the operator, 10% goes to other concerns, maybe to supporting the horses and so on. Well, why should the money... Why, why should we send it out of our community? Well, if That's the money is leaving the community, something else has got to be coming in. I mean, we exchange... It's like people arguing about Canadian dollars going to the States. That's a great thing, because that means American products are coming north, and you can use a product, you can't use money. Money but is... And the money has to come back eventually anyway. Before we get into a discussion about economic trade imbalances, because that's a whole other discussion. The thing I'd like to add into this, and thank you, and thank you to the caller for her words, um, what I'm having trouble with, um, Robert, in, in answer to that, is this is becoming an economic policy of the government. Um, increasingly, governments are seeing gambling as a means of revenue. Well, sure, and I think passes, that takes us off any kind of discussion about people just having a personal choice as to whether or not they want to gamble, uh, which is an ethical decision, into it becoming an economic strategy of a government to entice people, to encourage people, because they actually have become addicted themselves to the revenues that are going to be produced by the casino. So increasingly, the government is going to be looking to casino revenues. That means there's going to be more push on people, even the people who are, are maybe not all that interested in gambling, to get in there, to, to, to enhance the place, to make it attractive, to get people in there and to, to make that the economic uh, revenue production for the, for the, for the province. Well, and I have situation. a great deal of trouble with that. Well, look at the situation I, the government's got I don't know if the caller wanted to respond to that. Well, uh, Susan, I don't quite support your viewpoint in saying that that is the motivation of this government. I don't believe it is. I think they're fair enough to look at uh, the results of referendum. And no, say, I'm not saying it's okay, the motivation. Uh, I'm just know. saying they're increasingly becoming dependent on those revenues. Avenues. Yeah, well, uh, why are they becoming dependent, perhaps? Because uh, the fallout is hidden in terms of uh, them being asked to uh, pay for people in terrible situations, mm -hmm. the social situation of paying for social services. Uh, my viewpoint would be... Um, Let's help people avoid that pitfall altogether, not bring it in in the first place, and then you don't have government having demands on their resources that uh, don't need to be there in the first place. 
Well, I would just like to see government get out of it altogether. I just this is one area where I'm not I'm not very big on government getting involved in a lot of things. I I, I wouldn't mind the private enterprise, and if it just seems to me that if if the government's involved, then the word monopoly seems to come into play. Well, that's always the case, and that's where you have the drawback. Uh, you know. Government is becoming more dependent on alternate sources of revenue because they're already taxing us at an excess of 50% to which we're all forcibly addicted mm -hmm. to. So I don't <laughs> see where any arguments of that, yeah. you know, to me, at least gambling is a voluntary activity, whereas mm -hmm. taxation is force. Mm -hmm. So morally, gambling is, is, is miles above, <laughs> above <laughs> taxation. So, you know, to me, these moral arguments, morality, I think, has to be seen on an individual basis. There's no such thing as a collective morality. Yes, People there is. There definitely moral. is a collective morality. Well, a collective and morality what, is force. It's yeah. what community is all about. Yeah, force. When you have a collective morality, you force people into that mode of morality. When but. you live in community, you have to have certain ways in which you live together mm -hmm. um, so that people can cohabit in a community together. And to me, that and principle is the non-initiation of the use of force. We all agree that none of us has the right to initiate force against the other, even if we disagree with their beliefs right. or with their lifestyle or whether they gamble, or whether they believe in God, or whether they are atheist, we have to treat them the same. We cannot force our point of view on other people. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, is the rule that we've learned to live by. It's called individual rights, and it was, it started to evolve at the Magna Carta up until recently when Trudeau took mm -hmm. that away from us mm -hmm. in our Constitution. Yeah. Uh, Ruth, thanks very much for the call. You're welcome. Appreciate it. Let's talk to Robert right now. Good morning, Robert. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, the, what was the total vote for the uh, casinos, uh, casino court? The election there. Oh, in the election or yeah. from last what night? What was the total number of it was voters? Two to one, I believe. I believe it was two to one. Okay, but actually, the number of voters. Who actually voted? What was the total number of voters that were voted? Well, that's that's what I brought up last hour. Is the, the percentage I think for the overall election was quite low. No, it was. Was it? Uh, well, it. It was only about forty-two percent, if yeah. I recall. Well, that's considered high. Yeah. It okay. Was, it was higher but, than... I mean, the, to the total number of people that actually voted uh, against casinos, uh, if you compare that to the entire population of the city, I mean, you can't base a, uh, a small referendum vote uh yeah, but those are the people that got out to vote, though. Mm -hmm. I mean, Robert, I, 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 from what I heard, a lot of people were, didn't vote because they felt there was nothing to vote for at the city, especially with the mayor's race. And there's a lot of people that just felt there was nothing to vote for at this time. Well, Robert, I guess they discovered after the fact that they should have voted. That's right. We're in a democracy, and, and one That's place true, where that you exercise your voice is, is at election time. But when you uh, pose this question to people, <laughs> should you not have researching facts entirely instead of throwing it and rushing it onto the vote? Well, that's one of the reasons that I don't think a referendum is always the way for us to go. But in this case, we had a referendum, it was held, and this is the response to it. But I want to get back to your previous comment about saying, well, now you should take into consideration the, the silent uh, group that didn't even bother to get out there and vote because they, they should have been heard. Well, um, I'm going to really take issue with you on that because I think that's the point that people need to get out and they need to speak. And then to say later, well, I didn't bother to vote, so please listen to me now. 
um, I have a different opinion than the, than the way the voters voted. I'm, I'm still prepared to listen to those voices, but don't tell me to be dissuaded from the vote that was held because those people took the initiative and got out to the polls and cast a ballot. The fact is a minority of people run everything in the country. Even We're still operating under a first-past-the-post well, exactly system, it, which yeah. is utterly destructive to any dem democratic concept whatsoever, mm -hmm. so that we can have a, you know, a 30 to 39% block of voters get 100% of the power. Mm -hmm. um, how that even compares to democracy, I don't know. We're well, one of two countries left in the world that doesn't. And, and Robert, I am, I'm sympathetic to the need to get more people out to vote because I know that, that many low-income people don't vote, and it's one of uh, one of my concerns as a community worker is how do we get people who are feeling marginalized from the community to feel that they are part of that process. You raise a good issue, but we can't be but we just can't step away from the vote that yeah. is held. Not, another related thing, too, you're, I'm just reading the paper that you are, you're thinking about using some uh, zoning bylaws to uh, get rid of the slot machines at the fair or potentially get rid of them. Well, isn't, what that what you guys, isn't that what you did when you tried to, uh, when you were getting rid of the uh, massage parlors? Well, one of the things that we asked for last night was information from our lawyers as to what the nature of our lease is uh, with Western Fair, and his response was at this point that the way that we would have input um, into decisions made by Western Fair would be A, through the actual lease agreement that we have with the fair, mm -hmm. and B, that it might be through zoning. But I mean, so we have simply asked this, at this have, point Haven't you encouraged the fair to expand and to bring in new sources of revenue, et cetera, et cetera? Well, would this, I mean, wouldn't your I don't happen to see slot uh, machines as I don't happen to see slot machines as expansion or good economic development, and that may be where you and I disagree. Mm, yes, I think yeah, definitely. Robert, thanks very much. Thank you. Let's talk to John right now. Good morning, John. Good morning. Um, I just have a question for Susan Eagle. There, um, my wife and I, we went up to Aurelia there on my on my vacation, and we went into the casino up there. And I'm telling you, if we, uh, if everybody spent as much money in there in the casino as we did, they'd go broke in a day. I mean, I think it's the person's choice if they decide to go in there in the first place. Um. Well, I I, I agree with you with you, John. I think that's precisely the problem that people do go in and they do go broke. Um, and the fact that you had to make the trip all the way to Aurelia to lose all your money um, oh, makes my me money. glad I didn't that spend a cent. Oh, you just said that no, uh, you'd go broke in a day. No, the Let me hear you again. You, you won so much, we, you mean? If everybody went in there and spent as much money as my wife and I did, the casinos would go broke. Or you didn't spend... Yeah. We didn't spend a cent. Oh, well... I think it's everybody's <laughs> choice if they decide to or not. Well, certainly there are people who go in and, and have a good look around, and, yeah. and I intend at some point to go in and have a look around in a casino myself. Um... I haven't ever done that. That's when they'll but, get uh, you because they'll put on a cover charge on the future <laughs> <drink> minimum. <laughs> but exactly. I, think, I think it's certainly attracting people who want to go in and see what it's all about, and, and that doesn't surprise me. But we are also dealing with, with, with folks who are encouraged to come in and spend all that they've got, and that's certainly the point of a casino. And, in fact, if the word gets back that you went in and didn't spend any money, then someone's probably going to get told that they better get their step up their marketing. Mm. <laughs> Well, I better write them a letter because mm -hmm. I, I mean, it's, I think it's, a, it's everybody's prerogative. If they decide to go in there, that's 
I mean, it's, it, it is a democratic country. It is still their choice, isn't Most it? Most gamblers I know go with a preset limit yep. in their mind. They take X cash in their pocket, mm -hmm. and once it's gone, it's gone, or if they you know, well, make more... Let me tell you what's, what's concerning me more when I looked at the stuff that came from Western Fair, and that was the rationale that they were providing for us, that slot machines was the only way they were going to have any economic viability. And I mentioned this at council last night. A few years ago, um, the city was told that they had to move to off-track betting um, in order to make the keep the, the racetrack viable. And they moved to that. Now they're saying they have to have slot machines at the same time that they're saying that gambling through casinos has so cut into the racing industry that, that the racing industry is in trouble. So having said that, they want to introduce more slot machines. I think it's time for us to ask some bigger and deeper questions about what's happening at Western Fair and what's the future of racing in this country and some of those kinds of questions um, about what's going on instead of trying to say, well, let's keep propping something up by finding another way to, to make it economically viable. I mean, maybe next year they'll say, well, slot machines didn't work. We have to do something else to make it economically viable. Let's ask some hard questions really about what's ask, going on. Are they really asking for slot machines to make them economically viable or for a slot machine monopoly to make them economically you know, viable? What if the law had said that anyone can set up slot machines? You can put them in the corner store and stuff. Mm -hmm. How big an attraction would that be then for the Western Fair? That's what they do in Europe, I believe. You know, like, but then how big a deal would it yeah. be for them? Would that be, they'd have to compete then. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's pretty handy if you're the only guy in town with slot machines, and then everybody sees all these people at one mm -hmm. spot hitting the slot machines, and it looks like a huge crowd, whereas if it had been spread through the city, mm -hmm. you know, just like anything else, you wouldn't notice well, let me, the activity. Let me read you from their own press release, which says, Horse racing no longer enjoys the gaming monopoly it once did. The introduction of lotteries, casinos, and other forms of legal gambling in the province has whittled horse racing's share of the gaming market down to an alarming 11%. As an industry, we believe that our future rests on our ability to expand our gaming products and reestablish ourselves as sports, entertainment, and gaming destinations. It was, it was those kinds of statements in their press release that made me think, well, maybe it's time to start to look at what's going on with, with the racing with racing industry and what what is it that we're actually trying to prop up here are we trying to prop them up so that they can offer more and more gaming and sports um, casinos and, and, and gambling is that really where we why want are to we be even talking about propping them up why, if they should be on their own why are we propping them up I mean ga if, if you think gambling is stupid supporting a gambling institution via taxation has got to be the ultimate well, and I think that's also the, the concern that the council had last night is we are connected to to western fair in their promotional material yesterday they um said to us that they hadn't been able to pay their rent for two years uh when i raised that at council their response after council was well we don't have to pay our rent if we don't make a hundred thousand uh dollars um um if we don't make a hundred thousand dollars net profit uh, they neglected to mention that to us last night, but only came in with this sort of the sky is falling, uh, we're in trouble, we can't even pay our rent to the city. Well, even though now they're saying they don't have to pay rent to the city, Councillor Miller has raised the question that maybe um, they are um, being too dependent on the city, and maybe, again, we have to look at the economic viability of what's going on there. Hasn't Gary also mentioned that they've been putting a lot of money into refurbishing the place, which is the reason why they haven't uh, been been paying rent? That I don't recall in their press release, but I'm sure he may have mentioned that afterwards. We're going to save that. We'll look into that and we'll come back with more of your calls. John, thanks a lot for the call this morning. Yep.
See you later. Uh, 643-1290. We've got a line open right now. We'll come back with more of your calls in just a moment. It's Talk of the Town on 1290 CJB. And it's Eddie Matthews sitting in for Jim Chapman this morning, along with Susan Eagle and Bob Metz. And we're talking about the uh, the situation with the Western Fair and the possibility of slot machines coming through. And, and a lot of people are pretty split on this issue. Uh, Bob, as far as the gambling issue is that do you th- see this as the the total big picture is do we want gambling or don't we want gambling uh, i don't see that as being an issue it's who wants the gambling who gets mm-hmm. control of it which is the real issue mm-hmm. um you know it's really funny other jurisdictions have handled this problem quite interestingly like the only the only uh casino that i've ever been to is is at the one in paradise island in nasa in the bahamas mm-hmm. and it, they put on one spectacular stage show there were, we went out two couples. We didn't spend any money. Played three hands of blackjacks. Paid for the mm-hmm. whole night. Mm-hmm. You know, you just cut yourself off then. Mm-hmm. Um, but you could not be a citizen of the Bahamas to cash in your chips. You had to have a foreign passport that so right? that they ensured that the locals were not allowed mm-hmm. to gamble. Now, I found this rather insulting to the locals. Mm-hmm. Here's a government extending a right to foreigners that it will not extend to its own citizens. Mm-hmm. Sort of like what we had here in Canada with Sunday shopping laws. Um, the city of Toronto was actually considering banning Canadians from shopping, but allowing the Americans to shop so they mm-hmm. compromise with what they call tourist zones. And right. uh, yeah. suddenly foreigners have a right in this country to do something that mm-hmm. we as Canadians under our own government didn't. Mm-hmm. And to me, I found that astonishing but that's the way it is governments are generally a citizen's own worst enemy yeah if if paul magner had had his first shop down by the harbor front he'd be allowed to stay open on sundays well he did have he was he was in a tourist zone Mm -hmm. and was not allowed to open his store because of his race well i don't think there's any doubt that uh, western fair was expecting local people were going to be using the slot machines here i just want to comment the last caller raised or i guess you raised the the question of of the refer cost of refurbishing and and again in the press release i'm looking at what they've said here and they say the capital cost estimates to refurbish and ready are somewhat antiquated first floor grandstand for the slot lounge is around 1.7 million. So the only reference that they're making here to refurbishing is, is to ready things for the uh, for the slot machines to come in. Let's go back to the phones and Janet joins us. Good morning, Janet. Good morning, Eddie. How are you? I'm doing well today. How are you? I'm I'm fine. Uh, I have to tell you, I enjoy going to play in the slot machines. So we go to Vegas every. Oh, 18 months, two years. And we take a certain amount of money. That's what we're going to spend. If we come back with some, that's great. It's our holiday. It's our recreation. And I really resent somebody telling me that just because some people can't control themselves, that everyone has to be told they can't do this. Um, You know, there are a lot of us out here that eat too much. You know, so you're going to tell everybody they can't eat? Um, and another point I wanted to make, when the vote, when the referendum was put on the vote, we were told from day one that this would not be necessarily be binding. Maybe if people had been told that the council was going to stick by that vote, more people would have been out to make their feelings known. If it wasn't going to be binding, why bother if there was nothing else to go and vote for? Mm-hmm. And that was well, the, the I, feeling with a lot of people in this city that I, there wasn't anything worth voting for. Janet's on the line. Jen, I guess the, the, the issue for me being a new counselor is um, 
I I felt that we needed to respect the vote that came in from from the voters. And I and one of the criticisms that I've heard over the years and one of the reasons I ran for council was people saying, well, gee whiz, uh, council doesn't respect the the opinions of people in the community. So it, it's it's it, it it's very awkward when you're first elected to council and there's a referendum here saying two to one we don't want casinos in London to have somebody phone up and say well disregard it because I'm I'm feeling very very obligated Reverend now it Eagle, happens if that it referendum that had I said it was going to be binding I could go along with your decision then the majority and of I people can't speak for the past for. council I don't know why they would have said it's not binding. Um, Perhaps they created the referendum and say it's not binding because perhaps there are legal implications uh, down the road to saying something's binding. Well, I don't, don't tell know. me it's not binding and then turn around later and to suit some agenda say that it is binding, well, that, that you're treating us like idiots. I certainly took the referendum seriously and I, and I, I must admit that I was very concerned because knowing that the referendum might come in the other way, um, I was going to feel very uncomfortable with the result if it came the other way. But on the other hand, I knew that the referendum had been held and, and that we needed to, to respect the results of that referendum. Respect the results of a referendum that the people were told would not be binding. It isn't binding. If you want to find out the real wants and needs and likes of the people, then make it binding. Have a referendum, then the people who really care about it will get out and say something. If you tell me I can eat this and it won't give me, I, I can eat this food as much as I want and I won't gain weight, it's not going to make any difference in your life and I go ahead and eat it and I gain weight, I'm going to be pretty angry. And I'm pretty upset that people turn around and tell me if I vote for this or not, it's not going to make any difference anyway. We just want to get a general Jenna, idea. Can I ask you, did you vote? I did vote. And did you vote for or against it? I voted for it because I feel I have the right to do that if I wish. And I'm damned if I think that the, the, the vast majority should have to be uh, regulated to protect the few. I'm, I'm, I'm well, all I can say, that. Janet, is, is I appreciate the fact that you got out and voted. I've you were voted. You were in the group of one versus the group of two to one who voted against it. Um, well, that doesn't make any... See, there's the a paradox. Thing is if I knew, if, if, if people, other people knew that this would be binding, maybe they would have gotten out and voted. So you gave people, the, the, not you, but the, the, the people that worded it the way they did, gave people the wrong impression and i i think that's that's cheating you, you know janet there's also a paradox in what you say when when you like like i believe as you do that you have a right to you know engage and in, in go to a casino if you want but the paradox is if you really had that right then no government would be allowed to have a referendum about it well i, I, I you don't think they should have done in the first right, place you but can't to have, have referendums to take away people's rights yes yeah. janet thanks very much for the call thanks eddie see bye you bye-bye bye -bye. let's talk to linda good morning linda good morning I'd just like to say I think, it's, I think it's wonderful that we have a council who cares. I worked at a bingo hall in London for a long time, and I could go out and I could pick out the vans or the trucks, cars, whatever, that had the kids in the back sleeping while their parents were in gambling. I phoned in and reported some of them because I, I felt so bad about it, 
and nothing was ever done about it. But I just want to say that. But I also want to say to Susan, if she's hitting a good point all the way around. Why is the Western Fair Raceway in so much trouble? I'd like to say this. I have been in the business for all my life in the Western Fair Raceway. And I'm telling you from fact that the horse racing is fixed. I don't care if I can say this or I can't because I am going to say it. The honest person who likes to go and have a hobby and race their horse cannot compete with the people out there that are fixing their horses. If you have this system that they have, go and test the horses the night of the racing. Mm. You'll have so many people cancel yeah. from racing. I'm I... just saying that there is problems and it's high time the public looks into it because you and I cannot go and bet on a horse and win that race on the knowledge we have because of what's in that horse. Did and I you... think it's time it's brought out. I hate to disagree. You know, I'm I'm not calling you down because there may be there may be tracks that do that. But just from knowing a lot in the the horse community, uh, the racing community, far very far from the truth. They're very sincere, and it's it's a very close knit community. And I know that if there would be any harm to their animals, they they uh, wouldn't want anything to do with that. Well, I'm sorry to disagree, but I've been in the business all my life, mm-hmm. and I know for a fact that this is done. Mm-hmm. I know for a fact, and I'm just telling you, mm-hmm. you're fooling yourself if you think it doesn't happen because mm-hmm. it does. And, and you just cannot go to the races. And on, I have a woman friend of mine who goes to the races, and she has quit because she said she goes there, and there is so many people. The place is packed. You make your bet, so you should get a big windfall back on that bet, okay? On the, on the amount of people that's there that day betting, mm-hmm. you get a, such a small amount, it isn't funny. Where's the money going? Like, there's a problem with, with I'm not saying just Western Fair Raceway. I'm saying with all the raceways, mm-hmm. and this time that they look into it and bringing in the, the slot machines, like Susan has brought out, it's not going to make it any beneficial to 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 the horsemen as bringing in the um, the oh what do you, what do you call it? I'm I'm getting lost for words here. In what area? Pardon? In I'm what? talking about anywhere. The off-track betting. The off-track betting. Mm-hmm. I mean, they brought that in. Well, we're going we're, we're gonna to lose this if we don't bring in the off-track betting. And now they're saying we're going to lose this if we don't bring in the slot machines. They've got to look at what they're losing it for. They're losing it because they're in trouble amongst themselves. Linda, thanks. We've got to move on. We've got a couple more calls to get to. I appreciate Thank the you, call. Susan. Thanks, I appreciate Linda. it. Let's talk to Ross. Good morning, Ross. Morning. I think we're losing sight of something here. What's that? Well, I think bingos are great. I don't play bingo, but I know... When the Case in point in Lambeth that we're forgetting back thirty to forty thousand a year from the Lions and the Optimus and the old timers hockey teams. And so, we're not going to get that kind of money out of slot machines. And it's going to hurt the bingos. I can remember back in the thirties we had slot machines in the sitting on the porch of the neighborhood grocery store. Mm-hmm. There were only penny ones. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I'm just against it. I think it's hurting the charity money that uh, all the service clubs are putting back in. And Ross, I know, um, I know from the uh, referendum that was held in the city that there were some people who voted against the casinos on the grounds that they didn't support the concept of gambling, and that there were others who voted against it because they saw that it was going to hurt some of the organizations that were already doing some, some fundraising through uh, bingos and and, and other. Um, 
charity, you know, small charity gambling. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to presume the result of or, or the motivation for people who voted against uh, the casino uh, on that on that mm -hmm. on that ballot. But I do know that two to one people said stay away from the casinos, and and that's what we're trying to respect. Well, I know I came out against it in the paper of Lambeth, and I'm glad people voted that way. Ross, it is going to hurt the local sports and everything else. Yeah, Ross, we want to get one last call around, but I appreciate the call. Good to hear from you. Yes, okay. See you, Russ. Thanks. And John is our last caller this morning. Hi, Russ. Or, hi, John. Oh, hi, sir. With regards to this subject matter and this being non-binding, I was at the council meeting at that time, and I called from the gallery that I'd never heard of such a ridiculous decision in my life. Are you suggesting to the electorate of this city that they vote, that they can vote, but depending upon the mood of the city, their vote won't count? Uh, that was the most ridiculous decision that anybody could have imagined. However, putting all that aside and not getting involved in intellectual diatribe, the bottom line is this, if anybody has any recall with regards to history. In the 30s, the one-armed bandits were gathered up and they were dumped in the Hudson River. The numbers games were eliminated because it was only the poor who were suffering for it and contributed to the wealth of the already established wealthy, named the Mafia. So I have come to the conclusion, with the greatest respect to all people, that the only difference between the government and the Mafia is that the government's elected, because in essence, they are now adopting the same thing as what the Mafia did with regards to extracting wealth. The difference being that whilst the Mafia kept their promises, the government don't. And the other difference is that gambling is consensual where taxes are not. It was consensual then, was it? But well, it was deemed nobody by forced the, people by to the put their pennies in the slot machine. And John? it's got nothing to do with morals. It's got nothing to do with morals at all. The end result is, as far as society's progress is concerned, forgive me speaking strongly on this matter, but there's no, uh, how shall we say, more concrete evidence that when money becomes the sole motivation for men's actions, society may well descend to a degree of infamy impossible to describe or imagine. The poor gamble in the benign hope, or the, the, this illusionary hope, that their condition will be bettered by it, when in actuality it is worsened. Because the end result is, are you uh, quite frankly, are you suggesting that the, uh, the possibility of people going down to the slot machines hoping to win so that they can pay the exorbitant taxes that the city impose upon them? Well, John, you know, you say that your argument has nothing to do with morals. I think it does. I no, think, it's got nothing to do with well, morals. Well, money as a motivator applies to every human activity. There are two laws which govern mankind, quite frankly. The law of nature, which is the survival of the fittest, and man's own law, which is survival of the wittiest. And all I see going on with respect to this advocating of gambling is the wittiest side will, uh, how shall we say, uh, persuade and pervert mm -hmm. upon society. And only the poor, throughout history, the poor have borne the burden of their desire to improve their conditions yeah. with well, John, these kind of things. I, I hate to break you in mid-stride. We've got a break for a spot here, but I appreciate the call this morning, okay? Bye-bye. And we'll be back with more in just a moment to conclude things on Talk of the Town at 1290 CJBK. Really?
another one, Bob. Nice to see you again. Yeah, last one today. And, and Susan, it's been, it's been a pleasure meeting you. And, uh, we'll Thank get you, you on for having me on the show, and, uh, and it was great listening to the callers. Maybe we can get you on tomorrow, and we'll just recap the city's approach here, because I didn't get the city side when I talked to Gary. Well, I, I think the issue is, though it may not have been a binding thing, and I can't speak for the last council, you got new council members there felt very much that they needed to respect that that vote that got taken. And tomorrow I will be out of town <laughs> on holidays. Well, I'll call Cheryl or somebody from uh, council, okay?